Welcome to Montessori Moment. I am your host, Liz Strong. It's been quite some time since we have posted a new episode, and the reason for that is that I was lucky enough to participate in the AMI NAMPTA Orientation to Adolescent Studies at the Hershey Montessori School in Huntsburg, Ohio. I got to spend a month at the Huntsburg campus and living on the farm school and listening to amazing lectures and learning from the pioneers of the Montessori Adolescent Program. Um, it was really fantastic, and, but I am happy to be back, and I have today an interview with one of our amazing infant teachers, Bianca Solisano, about infant nutrition. Now, this is something that I know basically nothing about, and infants are not really my specialty, so uh, there are a lot of questions, and it's pretty exciting for me to learn about this. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, here it is. Hi, Bianca. Hello. Thank you for um, letting me interview you today about childhood nutrition. I'm excited about it. It's something I don't know very much about. Of course. Happy to be here. Um, and I wanted to congratulate you first off because you just finished your degree. I did. And you studied nutrition. You I studied. I studied early childhood. So child and adolescent studies was my major and then emphasis in early childhood. But that was one of my focuses. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, it's really exciting, and congratulations. It's a big accomplishment. Thank you. And you started here many years ago mm -hmm. as an assistant teacher mm -hmm. in an infant room, and then you took your training, and you went to school all at the same time, mm -hmm. and now, and for the last, like, three years, you've had your own classroom. I have. Your own infant classroom. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so the first question I have for you, which is maybe obvious to most listeners, but is not obvious to me because I know very little about infants, is, mm -hmm. like, when do infants start eating solid food? Like when do they move on from breast milk or formula to food? Well, pediatricians will generally recommend the introduction of solid foods around six months. Um, what we've noticed is that kids are ready. Um, they show signs of readiness. So for example, um, when they're sitting, um, if they start getting teeth, um, and then some not so obvious signs being they start to acquire a digestive enzyme um, in their in their saliva. Um, so their bodies become more more ready for the solid food. But a little bit before six months is when this happens. So um, generally what what I've seen work best with infants is um, introducing some sort of veggie broth or um, yeah veggie or or fruit broth, but generally veggie broth and we'll get into that why in a little bit. Um, but around the fifth month, late fourth month, fifth month, just a tiny little bit just to kind of get their digestion going. And then, yeah, and then from there is the big process of weaning. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the – so you talked about giving them veggie broth or fruit broth, and um, what kind of – what do you do next? What do Like what does weaning mean? Well, it's essentially um, transitioning from either – breast milk or formula to food. And so do you do those things at the same time? Like, are they having breast milk or formula and then supplementing with like broth and eventually like vegetables? Mm -hmm. So for the first couple of months, what's happening is you're still on your, your normal schedule um, for feeding um, as far as the bottle goes or breast milk. Um, and then what, what will happen is you'll introduce like an ounce for example, of a solid food. Um, 
why we recommend starting with veggies is um, in in the in our everyday experiences, um, it's kind of like our you know like our our lab. We get to see you know what works, what doesn't with all types of infants. Um, what we've noticed is if you introduce the cereals, which is what pediatricians are recommending, as well as fruits first. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, those are sweeter foods. So going right. from that to veggie later. Oh, are they not into the vegetables? Right. They're Kids like, are, why would I have this when I could have delicious sugary fruit? Yeah, that exactly. So then they end up rejecting those foods. Um, so we recommend starting with the veggie broth. If you do want to do it, because I know a lot of parents feel way more comfortable just sticking with what the pediatrician says. Mm-hmm. What you can do is mix a little bit of cereal with some veggie broth. And what I mean by veggie broth is if you get some organic vegetables, boil a pot of that and then use that broth. Okay. Um, so just so not it's, the like boxed vegetable broth from like the grocery store. You can. It just, it's not you know, thing. as I would just go with the. And what kind of veggies like broccoli, onions? Uh, yeah, just anything. the milder, the milder veggies, carrots, um, green beans, all those that you could just make your own veggie broth, mix it in with a little bit of cereal and then kind of even their, their sweetness with the savory. <laughs> yeah, help balance their palate. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, um, so after you do that, then do you start with like, like how do you move from veggie broth to like solid food? So what you'll do is you'll start introducing different types of foods um, in three-day increments. So what you want to do is say you are going to start with the veggies um, and you want to start with peas. Mm -hmm. Um, You do a pureed pea um, and you introduce it and you look to see if they have any allergic reactions. Ah. So you stick with that same food for three days just to make sure that they're okay Mm -hmm. and then you move on to the next one. Um, that's why it's kind of nice to start earlier with the veggie broth and the. So it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does take time, and our goal is by like six months to already be like having small mixtures of food, like um, uh, a carrot, broccoli, um, chicken mixture. When do they move from purees to not purees to just like a carrot? I guess like for a carrot, you'd like really need to have some serious teeth. Yeah. So for a while, you're going to boil your your fruits yeah. and veggies, the hard fruits and veggies, you're going to boil them. Yeah. Um, but what I generally recommend for parents to do is a mixture between baby-led weaning and traditional pureed weaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for this is when you – if you think about um, the independence in eating aspect, which is a huge, um, a huge part of Montessori in infancy – um, they get to practice eating with the spoon yeah. if they are getting their pureed solids. Um, also, they're getting to practice with their grasping if they get the baby let, which is um, pieces of food. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, it's a long piece of food, but you can also cut it up and just have... Once they start to grasp, they're pretty much able to start finger foods. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, so what kind of... Nutrition do they require? Like does their nutritional need do their nutritional needs change as they start like crawling or start walking or mm-hmm. um et cetera? Um well, like I said earlier, as far as their the changes that are going on in their body, um 
they require less of the the formula and the breast milk and more of other supplements because the iron levels in their bodies drop at this point. So they need other supplements. Um, so at this point, you would need to kind of gauge what you're giving them based on their, their gross motor development. So, you know, their big movements, how they're, how much they're moving, if they're pulling up to stand, if they're cruising. Um, if you notice your infant is, you know, sitting, you might want to give them, um, you know, fruits, veggies, healthy fats. Um, and then if your baby starts to slither, it might be a good time to introduce the meats, the cheeses, the yogurt, you know, just stuff with a little bit more, more protein. Um, Greek yogurts are really good for them. <laughs> good breakfast food, good way to practice the spoons. Um, and then, yeah, so generally, if you think about the progression of their gross motor development, you also want to progress their food with that. So you want to keep introducing um, different types of meals. Um, you can even s- spice it up as in spices, not like spicy food. <laughs> right. But that like would be painful for them. Yeah. The flavors are great. Um, they, in my class, for example, the kids love watching each other eat at the table. Yeah, I saw that when I came down today. Yeah. They were like, fascinated and trying to feed each other, and it was really sweet. Yeah, so you should see lunch. <laughs> because we have um, our older infants who are, I have kids who are right around the 18-month period ready to move up. So they're eating full-on meals. They're eating rice with chicken, veggies, yogurt, you know, um, pastas with meats and veggies, like big meals, but with also something on the side. Um, cause like I said, I still recommend continuing to develop their grasping as well as practicing with the spoon and the fork. Um, so my younger kids who also sit at the table while my older kids are eating, mm-hmm. um, always are either observing or reaching right. <laughs> for their food. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at that point, oh, that's where we'll say, yeah. <laughs> So that's the point where we'll just say, you know, I'll, I'll let your mom know that you're interested in pasta with meatballs or, you know, yeah. just something like that. Yeah. Um, if they're interested in it and they're already moving, I would just say go ahead and let them try it. Provided they don't have – they've already been introduced to that type of food. Yeah, and you know that they don't have an allergy or right. sensitivity. Yeah. So if you think about um, if you've given them like a tiny piece of bread and you've given them – um, a tomato soup, for mm-hmm. example, um, that, that, then they can have pasta, you yeah. know, it's the same ingredients. It's just a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then learning how to chew and learning about the different textures is very important early on. How do they learn how to chew? <laughs> well, there's a modeling oh component. All of a sudden I got like really stressed out, like, oh my goodness, you have to learn how to chew. And like, if you don't, then you choke. Yeah. So, well, if you think about what they've been exposed to, they have just been shooting the liquids to the back of their throat Mm -hmm. um, from, you know, from the time they were born. Right. Um, So why I generally recommend in when you first introduce the solids, do a puree. Um, If you can home make your puree, that's awesome because there is still some texture when you do that. Yeah. Um, The Gerber purees are just like a liquid, which is still good for the introduction of the food. But it's a little too smooth. Like there's no texture in it. Uh Uh-huh. So I would just immediately move past that. Once you've introduced it, move past it. Um, Move on to to other um, still 
liquidy type of foods, but with, you know, bumpier textures. Um, You can even mix in some rice cereal to some of the pureed veggies and fruits. Um, But what, what we've come to notice in our, um, in our observations in our class is that there is a sensitive period for textures. Oh, really? Yeah. So I have had children before who have been on, say, the level one purees um, and yogurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you introduce that, the textured foods later, a lot of times they'll just refuse it. Yeah. Because, that you know. weird. Yeah. Because why? It's weird. And yeah. they're continually coming to higher levels of consciousness, you know. So they – their wills become stronger, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so like, nope, that's not what I like. Yeah, and they have a very strong sense of order. So if they're very used to the, you know, I'm going to eat this liquidy food or I'm going to eat from this pouch, then you introduce, um, you know, like a chopped up pasta or, a, you know, a chopped up pot pie or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you're trying to introduce. Most of the time it's like, what is this, you know? Yeah, that's like not even a food thing for mm-hmm. them. That makes sense. Um, how, so you talked a little bit about self-feeding. Yes. When does that start and kind of, how do you, how do you do that? Well, what I recommend (laughs) is starting from the moment you start to wean, the moment you introduce solid foods. Um, the way to do that would be to give them a spoon as well and dip their spoon in their food. Mm -hmm. Um, because they're still so oral, they're oral, they explore with their mouths. And that's why babies put everything in their mouth. Um, They almost instinctively and almost always will put the spoon to their mouth. Mm -hmm. And then they get that reaction of, oh, what's this? I just put this in my mouth and I have something else in my mouth. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Something came with it this time. Right. So you're, as their caregiver or their parent, sitting with them and talking to them and saying, oh, that's your food. You know, this is peas that you're eating. You're eating peas. Here, let me grab your spoon. I'm going to dip it in your bowl again and you can grab it, you know. So you don't put the spoon in their mouth for them. You like give it to them. And because they're kind of oral learners, they will put it in their mouth. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, my goodness, that was food. Yeah. Mind you, we do still spoon feed them along. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Make Um, sure they like are getting... Right. Some food. <laughs> we, want, we want to make sure that they're ingesting food. Yeah. <laughs> but also we want to let them know that, one, there is food on their spoon, too. Mm-hmm. And, two, they can do it by themselves. And that's also kind of um, the beginning of the empowering aspect of self-feeding. So builds their self-esteem, builds their ego, all that. So when would you stop spoon-feeding them? Does it depend on, like, the individual child or? yeah. I mean, it just depends on if you've started self-feeding from the very beginning, then generally they're able to completely self-feed by like nine, ten months. You'd still Mm, sit next to them. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's (laughs) really beautiful. Um, You would still sit next to them. At the yeah. table and just make sure that they are ingesting food. If you do still need to, you know, get a couple bites in there because it is a very messy process. Sometimes they mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but they're able to get the the concept and get the, you know, reaction of, oh, I'm eating food. Yeah. Um, at a very early age. So as long as you're consistent with it, I would still, still be with them. But they should be able to self-feed if you've done everything, if you've encouraged self-feeding from the beginning by, like, between 9 and 12 months. That's fantastic. That's kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah. 
Um, so with the infants in your class, what are your goals for them around nutrition and self-feeding? Like, what do you want them to be able to do by the time they move to toddler? Well, um, our goal is that they, one, are self-feeding um, and two are we get them on the toddler schedule, you know, mm-hmm. so they're eating a morning snack, a lunch, then they take their nap and they wake up and have a snack and then they have a later snack. Yeah. Um, the types of foods that they're eating are just going to be whole foods. You know, okay. they're going to have, um, well, I mean, we'll slice the apples and, right, yeah. you know, we're not just going to give yeah. them a whole apple unless <laughs> um, if they have shown um, that they like to bite. Yeah. Um, if they are a biter in yeah. our class, then that is something we will use as a redirection tool. Oh, I can see you need to bite something. You Like, I can't let you bite this child. You may bite this apple. Yeah, this whatever. is food. We eat food. You can bite this, you know. Um, and that's that's kind of the only time where we would let them, like, bite, you know, yeah. munch into an apple. Yeah. Or, like, a whole apple. Re- yeah. Otherwise, then we just give it to them in slices and yeah. they can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, but you want to have them on, like normal food Mm -hmm. yeah just like normal meals and whatever they would be eating in toddler Uh uh-huh if you think about you know what what their parents would be eating at home that's what we would want them to eat at school okay just be on and our goal is to have them there by like 12 months you know so by the time they go to toddler they've been ideally they've been there for like six months at that level yes Yes. And um, we want parents to feel comfortable with the weaning process. You know, everybody has to feel comfortable, the child, the parent. Um, And that being said, if, say, for example, um, the child is showing a lot of interest in bottles still. Yeah. um, Then at that point, you know, we'll talk to the parent about um, what what we need to do to kind of gently replace (laughs) the bottle with a meal. Um, Because that that essentially is what weaning is. You're replacing each bottle with a meal or a snack. Okay. So I guess along with that question is um, what you're so you're saying that they should be eating kind of like whatever their parents would be eating. Mm-hmm. How do you, what can parents do to help their children develop like a diverse palate or like be open to trying new foods? Um which is, is uh, by the time they come to me in primary, that's, like, oftentimes a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, or an issue that the parents are really concerned about. Yeah. I mean, even what I've noticed is if if you start um, trying to introduce a lot of new things at a later age, and in my class, a later age is, like, 10 months, 11 months. <laughs> right. I get them at three. So <laughs> so yeah. um, we, try and, we try and encourage um, the introduction of a lot of different types of foods as they're beginning and growing in this weaning process. Um, another huge thing, so yeah. starting early, yeah. first of all. Starting early and offering a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And not assuming that, for example, if they spit it out or they throw it, they just don't like it and you don't offer it again. Mm-hmm. So keep offering the same thing, even mm-hmm. if it maybe seems like maybe they weren't into it. Yeah, or try it again in a couple days. Try it mixed in with something else. You know, not saying like mask a... Uh, a green bean with yogurt, but, you know, right. maybe throw um, a little garlic on there and give them the whole green bean, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll like it as a whole food rather than a puree, for right. example. Yeah. Um, so just keep introducing the different types of foods. Um, babies have, when they first start solids, when they first start weaning, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them still have the tongue reflex. 
So if you start it, um, what it, what's the tongue reflex? <laughs> where they stick out, um, they kind of like push things out with their tongue. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that from breastfeeding? Yes. Ah, okay. Um, so a lot of the time, um, what'll happen is you'll introduce a food and they will like push it out with their tongue or they'll make a face. Yeah. You know, and what I have seen is a lot of, um, you know, parents and even caregivers will assume that, oh, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time it's just that it's just the reflex. It's just, oh, this, they're making a face because they're trying a new food and keep introducing it. You never know. They, they also may not like it. <laughs> they may not like it, but also yeah. <laughs> that, like, that's just what happened that one time. Yeah. Um, what, so you're talking about masking, um, green beans with like yogurt or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about, like, prepared foods for infants and toddlers or, like, those pouches where it's, like, oh, they're getting their vegetables, but it's, like, masked maybe by, like, something sweeter mm-hmm. and they're not able to use, like, they're not grasping and they're not using a spoon or fork mm-hmm. with them? Well, the pouches are a good alternative for when you're out. Sure. You yeah. know, um, they're they're an easy grab for a light snack, something like that. Um, but it does um, create this illusion for yourself and for your kids that, um, say, you let them know they're eating their vegetables through their pouch. Um, then they think, like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what vegetables taste like. Right. So then you, th- if you try and introduce vegetables, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the actual vegetable in, yeah. in any form, um, it's definitely not going to be as sweet. Um and it's going to have a texture. And it will have a texture. Um, and that is another, you know, huge point as far as weaning goes is start the textures early. <laughs> so maybe pouches are good for, like, on the go or in the car or something. Yeah. But like, not a regular meal item. No. No. Another um, thing parents ask me about when their kids are in primary, mm-hmm. how does food become a control issue? Well, or how do you keep it from becoming a control issue? Um, again, start early. Um, I mean, with the kids in my class, I've I've experienced a lot of different, you know, t- temperaments and um, different parents, and we've had a lot of different experiences in our yeah. class. Yeah, Even, well, we have a pretty diverse campus here, right? Yeah, um, different cultures, so it just it it depends. Yeah. Um. It becomes a power struggle um, when the, like I said, as far as not liking the food, mm-hmm. um, if you assume that they don't like a food yeah. and that continues on, yeah, um, then a lot of times an infant will just continue to refuse. Mm, okay. Um, and that carries on into toddlerhood and then early and childhood. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then primary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my biggest, my biggest advice, um, for parents with young kids is to just start early, talk to them, model. So they have to try new things. Yes. If they want their kid to try new things. Yes. And they have to like expose them to lots of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, in primary, sometimes I also tell them to invite the child to help prepare the foods Mm -hmm. or invite the child to like have some input between, in what they're going to to have to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would or like how that would play out an infant. But 
Actually, that is a huge part of infant as well. Um, if you think about the the infant brain, I mean, it's absorbing everything that's going on in their environment. So if you include, if there's any way you can get down to even a lower level, for example, when you're making dinner and making their lunch or something like that, prepare it in front of them. So they, they're watching you and then you're also talking about the foods, you know. I'm cutting up your chicken right now and this is what you're going to be eating. And So you should like narrate while you're doing it. Definitely. Sportscasting is huge. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's super beneficial for their language development. Yeah. And it's also, it's really helpful when you're interacting with the food that they're going to be consuming, you're talking about it, they're observing you, and then they get to interact with it. You know what I mean? They get to eat it. And then if you do the, if you let them self-feed, then they get to eat it all by themselves and it becomes this empowering experience and, uh, family bonding time and instead of like someone's putting something in my mouth and I don't know if I like it right what is this I don't think I like it I'm gonna throw my body please stop you know yeah it's all stuff that happens you know it's a reality of the the weaning process and um you just have to kind of be able to read your child and what would um, – earlier you mentioned children, like, throwing food on the floor, like, <laughs> so so on and so forth. Like, what yes. would you recommend um, for parents whose children – I mean, they all do that. But, yes. But um, what does that mean? Well, I mean, for – Is it just, like, fun to throw food? Because, like – A lot of times, <laughs> if they get the slightest reaction yeah. out of, I threw something, you know, like a, oh, you threw something on the floor, then it's like, oh, I got a reaction. You know, fun. (laughs) Yeah. See, they're always making mental connections. And if you have that in your brain all the time, then you can just, you know, really calmly say, oh, I see you threw that on the floor. I'm going to help you pick that up if you do it again. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's what I do in my class. If every, once the child is walking, if they start to throw food on the floor or say, for example, they like um, throw yogurt or something like that. If it's yogurt, I'll help them with a towel and then I'll show them how to wipe it up and then invite them to wipe it up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a solid food, then I will show them to how to pick up one of the pieces and put it in the trash. Then they can do the same thing. Right. Um, but you have to be really consistent with that. Yeah. Um, because if – To, like, imagine that each thing they do is, like, a little scientific experiment. Right. And you have to be so consistent. And that's – I can't tell you how important that is in infancy – because they are consistently making these mental connections, if you think about, you know, one time, if they throw their food on the floor and, you know, say they're like 13 months, they're a walking child, they throw their food on the floor, and then um, you, like, go and pick it up and throw it in the trash, then then they can make that connection of, oh, okay, well, I know she's going to pick it up then, you know? And then, but if you every time encourage them to go and, you know, let them know that, well, first of all, the food stays on the table. If you're all done, you can just say all done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or if you want something different, you can say different. Um, but then you encourage them to pick it up and throw it in the trash. Eventually, at least, um, I do that in my class. I do that every time. Um, yeah, well, when I was just in your class now, no food was thrown. Everyone mm-hmm. was, like, sitting and eating and, like, using their spoons mm-hmm. and, like, you know, I mean, they were their infants so there was like food all over their faces yeah like they they were like (laughs) eating and like doing it and like Mm -hmm. not throwing things and being totally crazy like they were like eating their meal yeah 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 i mean we're we're all very consistent with with that 
Um, yeah. And then the infants end up being like, I don't want to get up and pick up this food and so throw it away every time. Yeah. <laughs> so then they don't throw it. <laughs> yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah. So then, you know, you just talk to them in a super loving tone about about what's going on. How do you – so if a child doesn't – or an infant doesn't like something or, like, won't eat it, what do you – do with that do you say oh you don't like this you don't have to eat it and put it away or do you um try to get them to keep trying it Mm -hmm. or well um that would depend on the age of the child okay um if it's a younger child like i said and it's like the tongue reflex thing we'll just try again in a couple days yeah um if it's say like seven seven months plus and we start to give them directed choices mm-hmm. um, where um, even a child um, at, at seven months, you think, you know, they are still really little. Um, yeah. But if, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're still really little. Um, but if you show them two different foods and then they choose a food or they reach for one food, maybe they're not necessarily making that like conscious choice. But then they are making that connection that, oh, I reached for this food and I got this food. Yeah. You know, so you're just always teaching them. Um, And they're putting it all together. Right. It's amazing. It's so cool. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) Um, So I guess um, another question is with lunches, I guess, or snacks. Mm -hmm. But how – do you have any recommendations for parents on how to prepare those or how to organize them? And make sure their kid is getting to try a lot of different things, but not have it be overwhelming. Like, um, I know sometimes it's just, like, all they can do to get their kid to school with something to mm-hmm. eat for lunch. And, mm-hmm. like, their kid is at school, and they have something to eat for lunch, and they have, like, clothes. Like, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, how can they get their kids the nutrition that they need and have them trying different things um, in a way that's, like, less overwhelming? Um. Well, talking about just... Well, we'll address early childhood as yeah. well as infant and weaning specific. Um, in weaning, you can have like um, like a cooking Sunday, for example. Um, oh. A really popular thing to do is to cook um, textured meals, so like um, stews, rice with meat, or um, rice and or like porridge types of things. Okay. Um, you could cook that and then put it in an ice cube tray mm-hmm. and freeze it, and then. Crack the tray and then put all those little cubes in a in a yeah. gallon um, Ziploc. Yeah, and then just stick it in the freezer and de- and you can make a bunch of different kinds of those and then just defrost with different types as That's you so go. That's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. it's a really nice way to kind of say you know say she doesn't want um, or she had sweet potato for breakfast, um, but I know in the freezer we have porridge and we have green beans so we'll just defrost some of those and cook them up yeah get ready for that and what about early childhood um well one thing to do is make extra dinner yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and the other thing is um set aside a small you know say 10 minute window at night and get your child involved in preparing it for the in, next day in preparing it um, cause I know a lot of the time, like in my own experience, um, I, I worked with kids also before I was working in infancy. Um, and in my own experience, um, the children are way more likely to eat their food if they're the ones preparing it. Yeah. And the so, same thing with like at dinner or whatever, they're way more likely to eat what's on their plate if they put it on their plate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then speaking of dinner, yeah. um, as far as 
even in infancy, the family meal Mm -hmm. is so important. So they should be eating at the same time. They should be eating at the same time. Um, I, it's very common. Um, and, and there's no, no fault there, but it's very common, um, to just, you know, feed the infant and watch the infant eat. Everybody's like, ah, they ate, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but. A huge, huge Especially part. if you're feeding them. Right. Because you can't feed yourself and them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But if they're feeding themselves, mm-hmm. or at least attempting to for most of the meal, mm-hmm. then you can eat also. And then you're modeling. Yeah, so modeling. That is the <laughs> point I was going to make. <laughs> yes. Um, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, they watch you take bites. They watch you chew. They watch you use your utensils, use your glass. And this is all stuff that we introduce in the weaning process. Um, as far as, like, the very first introduction for food in infancy, they wouldn't be eating at the table with the family. Um, right. That's just kind of like a, what's going on? How are you guys going to react to this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but once they start to get the more textured foods, you start to introduce finger foods, um, then for sure. Push them up to the table. So what kind of – so in your classrooms, you have, like, these precious little infant-sized tables and chairs that they eat at. Mm-hmm. So they can, like, push themselves away or they can get up when they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think works best for the home environment? Because if they, they're eating, like, with their parents or with their family, they're mm-hmm. at, like, an adult-sized table, and that means that they need some sort of, like, high chair, strap-in chair type situation, which would, like, impede in their independence because they can't right. get themselves out of it. Well, there are a couple of things you could do. Um, I've had some parents who use their coffee table as a table. So then they can have a chair and the parents just sit on the floor. Yes. I see. That makes sense. You could put a pillow on the floor, a mat or something for the parents. Um, But then the child is in a chair up at the table. Everybody's eating together. Um, But I would say um, if your option at home is your kitchen table, mm-hmm. um, a really nice way to kind of include the child at the table is to get um, a chair. It's not a high chair because it does not have the tray, but it's called mm. a trip trap chair. Oh. And um, the child is pushed up directly to the table. So even though they can't necessarily, you will have to help them get out of it. Um, it's really nice because there's not that barrier they're not like caged into their chair. Right. So there's still you could still put their, you know, their their placemat, their bowl, their spoon, everything on the table, the same like as you. Else. Um, but they they're in a chair that lets them be at your same level. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. What um what what about children that like will get up and wander away and then like come back? And sit down and want to, like, keep eating. Mm -hmm. Or, like, kids that, like, some parents will ask me, like, how do I get them to eat without watching a show on the iPad? Mm. Or whatever. Like, how is that something that's coming from the modeling of eating as a family together? And, like, if the rest of their family doesn't get up during the meal, then, like, they won't get up during the meal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a combination of things. If you start really young with showing them what space is meant for what. So, for example, in in the Montessori training, Mm -hmm. um, what they teach you is that the area for sleeping is for sleeping. They don't recommend hanging. um, It's very popular to hang a mobile over a crib. Right. Um, But in the Montessori training, they they teach you not to do that because they want the child to learn that this is a calm place for sleeping. And the mobile is like an 
interactive. Yeah, it's sti- it's a stimulator. It stimulates their their brain. It keeps them their brains active. Mm-hmm. Um, so while it can like entertain, you know, for a little while, um, we want them to learn like, oh, this is this is my space for sleeping. Um, same thing goes with eating. This is my space for eating. Yeah. And when I leave a space for eating, I'm done eating. Yeah. So the art of distraction is um, – it is a way to get them to eat food. But once you start distracting them to eat, eat by, you know, iPads, even younger toys, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, um, it's very unlikely that at an early – within the early childhood age, they will go back to just sitting and eating. Right. Because they've been distracted and it feels good. And, like, why would they? Yeah, and it just becomes a dependency, Yeah, you know? They start to need it because they they learned that they do. Um, when they don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't fine. need it. They're fine. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> um, well, is there anything else that you would like to add that you think parents would like to know about nutrition? Um, I would say just as far as, as finger foods go. Yeah. Um. I would just recommend mm-hmm. um, once you observe your child starting to grasp, like with a raking grasp, so they're using their four fingers to kind of scrape. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would start introducing finger foods. So, and what kind of finger foods are good? Like little cereals or like little? <laughs> no, not little <laughs> cereals. Like little pieces of like cucumber or like. Mm-hmm. So you want to stick to whole foods that you've like cut up. Yeah, um, I would apply the same idea um, as the solid foods to the finger foods. Okay. Um, if you think about introducing the sweet puffs first, they're far less likely to transition to green beans and carrots. Because why would they? The sweet puffs are delicious. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so then that is also where, um, if you think about, like, the, the quote, power struggles of um, eating, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you introduce, um, like, the stuff that they would – I guess, love first, the sweeter foods, the starchier foods, then they're far less likely to eat their veggies. Mind you, there are some mellow temperaments, really good eaters that will. They'll <laughs> yeah, they'll eat everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, they're wonderful. But sometimes I feel like that starts to taper off a little bit in primary sometimes. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we get toddlers and their toddler teachers will tell us, oh, yeah, they eat everything. They're a great eater. And, like, they start that way and then, like – they start to get more picky. Mm. And I think that there are tons of reasons for that. Like a big one being like they're individuals, but yeah, I think too, they start realizing that's the one thing they have control over or one of the few things they have, they like have control over and then they start exerting that. Yeah. (laughs) Because they can't anywhere else. Yeah. You do definitely have that, um, that, Level of development where <laughs> yeah. they are much more assertive. Like, what will happen if I don't eat this? Will yeah. I get the thing I want to eat? Yeah. Oftentimes, yes. <laughs> because, I mean, the anxiety of getting your kid to eat. Yeah. No, it's real. It's a very yeah. real thing. Yeah. Um, Do you have any advice for parents who are struggling to get their kids to eat or feel like if I don't feed them, they just won't eat? Cause I, I know some doctors tell them, like, just wait. And they're like, well, but I could wait for days and they won't eat anything. Um, they will. <laughs> yeah, they will. Eventually. They will. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's scary. It's a scary thought, you know, to even they recommend that even in infancy, um, not like weaning super unconscious infancy. Like, but if you think like 12 months to 18 months, 
Um, if a child, for example, is not eating any meats, any vegetables, only the fruit pouches, mm-hmm. um, then the doctors will recommend, you know, get con- just keep giving the child the food and talk to them. Um, talk to them, model, you know. Um, kids are way more likely to be picky eaters if their parents are picky eaters because that's mm-hmm. what they see. Yeah. Um, so if you, um, you, for example, are more open-minded and willing to try new things just even just for the sake of your kid just for yeah. <laughs> you know that time yeah, even if you don't want to just yeah pretend. yeah just yeah. you know okay if you do it I'll do it too you know yeah. we can do this together we do that with um freedom of movement as well in our class um when we encourage the kids to kind of like go to their own bed by themselves and that kind of thing a lot of times they're like They'll sit there with their arms up, like ready to be held. Pick me up and put me there. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, we'll get on all fours mm-hmm. and just say, come on, you know, if you go, I'll go too. That kind of thing. And it works because they're like, whoa, you're doing it. Why are you on the floor though? You know, <laughs> like you can walk. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that um, if if you keep also um, the the aura, the the – feeling mm-hmm. of the eating period, a mellow, just kind of relaxed environment, yeah. um, the kids will also kind of take that approach. But if you think about if you're, you know, super anxious or, you know, just like, oh, my gosh, I don't – I'm not – you know, they're not eating or that kind right. of thing. If you start to get anxious, uh-huh. they, they know. They feel it and they're anxious. Yeah. And everyone's anxious. And it's like sometimes a really hard time because like maybe you just got home from work and you picked up your kid and mm-hmm. now you're making your infant and now you're making food and that they need to eat it so they can go to bed and go back to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like a really stressful time. But that anxiety like leaks over. Right. Because kids are so perceptive, you know. Yeah. So they just – they feed off of energy. And then – I mean I see that all the time in infancy. They're these pure little beings – where, um, you know, and we're all guilty of being, you know, anxious, having stressful moments. I know in my class we have moments where everybody needs something at the same time and we're like, where do we start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where do I put out first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at that point you just um, – I, I have um, a method, my own method, where I will just kind of like play a song that I really like in my head, take a couple deep breaths – if I need to step out for a couple seconds, I will, mm-hmm. um, and then come back and then just kind of reevaluate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in primary, we'll do that. Like if you like, um, we'll look around and it's like, oh, the, like the energy is building. And the only thing I can do, cause I can't like control their energy by force. Like mm-hmm. I can only control my own energy. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to like try to get myself as calm as I can be. Mm-hmm. And like you see the effects in the environment like immediately. Yeah. Like everything starts to slow down and they start to slowly lower their voices. Like if you start with like you can feel yourself starting to get like really stressed out and it's like and now I'm only going to whisper. Yeah. And then like all of the noise goes down. Mm-hmm. They're so sensitive. Yeah. And that that works with like most of. Most of early childhood, you know, from birth through six, it, yeah. doing that. I mean, I would say if you take that approach with even just with feeding, um, if you have a moment where everything is crazy and then you just take a couple breaths, even start singing a song, mm-hmm. not one that distracts or entertains, but just like a calm, you know, say you have like a 
Like well, you're a, a singer. Also. So for, for you, for everyone that doesn't know you, you're like a beautiful singer. It, um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, that's one tactic I've used yeah. is just like, you know, just start singing or just start talking about the food, you know? Yeah. This is, this is a really fun meal that we made today. And this is how we started making it. And, hey, maybe you can help me make it tomorrow, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, um, say you're sitting at the table with your child and you're starting to – they're reaching for your food. Mm. Um, that's really common, too. Or, um, Should you, like, let them take it and eat it? If it's not spicy, yeah. yeah. And and they're not, like, you know, tiny, tiny, like, four, five, six months. Yeah. But if they're, like, eating that kind of food. Yeah. That level of food. Yeah. I mean, if – for ex- I would say only let them take it if what you're giving them is something different. So if they're on the introduction of, um, say they've already had um, pieces of chicken and they're trying um, a different veggie mixture or something like that, but you you guys are eating chicken, rice, and something else, they're reaching for your food, give them a small bowl, you know, and then yeah. talk to them about it. This is what we're eating and this is how it was made and, oh, your chicken's brown and your rice is right, yeah. white and, yeah. you know, just – keep feeding their little minds they're hungry for it (laughs) well thank you bianca this was really helpful and i hope to have you back again thank you for having me yeah (laughs) yeah thank you infancy is fascinating to me and i obviously know very little about it (laughs) it's fun it's it's a fun age yeah they're amazing every time i go down and visit you guys i'm like all the things they're doing yeah pushing in their chairs feeding themselves oh yeah the the routine of eating um is another huge thing yeah Um, no, go. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about the routine of eating. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what we do in my class yeah. is um, once the child is a walking child, we have them carry their tray with their bowl and their spoon over to a shelf that I have that's in the eating area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back, they push in their chair, and then they go and they throw their food that's on the floor in the trash, mm-hmm. and they go and they wash their hands. Mm-hmm. And we assist them with this for a couple weeks once they start walking. After that, you don't have to do a thing. They just do it by themselves. Um, and it's Do they, super, like, set up their place, too? We encourage them to. Yeah. Um, it depends on, you know, kind of what's happening in the environment. Yeah. And um, if they have to, like, heat up their food or stuff, that's the few. Yeah. Yeah. That is the difference between, like, infant and toddler. Yeah. Like, they don't come prepared. We kind of have to do it a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but eat so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do love, love doing all of that by themselves. And so kind of like giving them the tools to be able to do that is really empowering to them. Well, probably the younger ones who aren't walking yet Mm -hmm. see the older ones who are walking doing it and are like, I want to do that. One day I'll do that. I Mm -hmm. have to learn how to walk. You know. Yeah. And that's true. There have been instances in my class where um, I have a newly walking child and they do it automatically just because they've seen the older kids do it. Um, that actually just happened. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, children teaching children. Yeah. And then, um, I would say even in infancy, get them involved in the cooking. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love those pictures of you guys making fruit salad together. Yeah. And putting it in from the big bowl, like the mixing bowl into like the little cups and like giving it to each other. Mm -hmm. So sweet. And they look so proud of themselves. Right. It's just, it's really empowering. It builds community. It hits the different areas of their development. um, And then they get to, you know, eat the food that they made. And it's this very exciting thing. So 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you. Of course. I hope you enjoyed my interview with the amazing Bianca. Next time, more stories from the Montessori Farm School. Um, if you haven't found us yet, we are on iTunes, but you can also find us on any uh, podcast player. Just search for Montessori Moment. Uh, if you feel so compelled, please leave us a positive review or rating. It helps other people find us. And if you have questions, you can email me at estrong at laporteschools.com or you can leave your questions in the comments. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this was Montessori Moment.